Simon or Jim Lobov, Khabib. Conor McGregor sees an incident between a buddy of his, Artem, getting into it with Khabib. And now all hell is breaking loose. You want to hide? Come here and that's it. Just tell me where. Why you need to come here? We have to finish this. Let's go. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the most must-hear podcast, Big Mouth, Small Words, Sports, Talk. I returned to the podcast airwaves last Friday, and I gotta tell you, it feels freaking good, people. It feels really good. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my Patriots banter from the last one. I will for sure be keeping up with the Patriots as the season goes along. I'll basically keep throwing up podcasts about whatever sport piques my interest at the time and hey gypsy what's going on and as of right now what is piquing my interest oh well judging by the intro that i put on which was great uh mcgregor connor the notorious one mcgregor is gonna be fighting khabib nurgamenov and holy tits this fight saturday october 6th in vegas as Jim Ross would say, by God, like that's a fight that anyone could get fired up about. The it's just like <laughs> I can't, I cannot wait. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta start breaking this fight down. Okay, um, whew. okay. So to so to start off, Vegas odds for this fight have Khabib as the favorite at negative two hundred five. They've got Conor McGregor at plus one sixty five. So, do you want to know where my money's going? Do you want to know? I'll tell you. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> uh, this fight's going to be so freaking close. Um, let's take a little better look at it, okay? So, we've got Khabib. He's 26-0. and 0. That's pretty good. You've got Conor McGregor. He's 21-3. and 3. That's also pretty good. Both these guys know exactly what they want to do from this fight. I feel like everybody knows that. You know, Khabib is going to try to take his superior wrestling. He's going to try to ground and pound the fuck out of Connor. Khabib knows that Connor hates being on his back. Connor is completely out of his element when he's taken to the ground. It's, I mean, if you've ever watched any Connor McGregor fights, um, I mean, every professional loss that he has has come by submission. The one that everybody's seen is when he fought Nate Diaz uh, the first time. And Nate kind of just... I mean, they were doing pretty well on, on the feet in the first round. And then, you know, kind of got a little tiny bit gassed. Got a little punched up by uh, Nate on the feet. And then he got taken down. And once he's taken down, he got tapped out pretty goddamn easily. Uh, anytime that McGregor goes to the ground, it's not good for him. I mean, even Chad Mendez, who's not top, top, top notch... Uh, gave him a few nervous moments with his wrestling. 
uh, in the fight where Connor first got the interim title before he destroyed Aldo. Um, McGregor's got a very impressive UFC record, obviously. He's 9-1. and one. Khabib is 10-0. and 0. Fucking Christ, that's insane. But uh, McGregor's greatest wins have been against fellow strikers, you know, guys that are going to stand and bang. That's where McGregor shines on the feet. Connor's best chance, um, I would say, is I mean, Khabib is known to fight with his chin held high, and he's consistently applying pressure. That's how Khabib fights. He's always moving forward, always moving forward. But, bro, you best tuck that chin down, okay? It's, it's a style that has served Khabib well throughout his career, but he has never met a striker as precise as Connor. And all it would take is one sharp left hand, and, and you know, like you already know, one slap by Conor McGregor as Khabib goes in for a takedown, and it's fuck all for Russia. I mean, you're all done, Khabib. That's just the truth. This one's super close. <laughs> it's super close to call. Um, my head tells me that I should put it on Khabib because he has way more ways to win the fight. Um, I mean, Khabib can take him down. He can beat him by rounds. He has the cardio to win by decision, and Connor certainly doesn't. Um, the only real way that Connor can win this fight is if he catches him in the first two rounds. But that's also what I said about the Jose Aldo fight, so fuck me. <laughs> I mean, McGregor, I didn't think that he had the cardio to go against Eddie Alvarez. I thought Eddie Alvarez was going to weather the storm, take him into the later rounds, but McGregor was just too fucking much. Now, Eddie Alvarez is not going to be... He doesn't have the wrestling like makeup that Khabib does because, as Rogan said in that intro, he's on another level. Like Khabib is on another planet when it comes to wrestling, but Connor's on another planet when it comes to striking. So that's why this fight is just fucking goddamn it's so awesome. Um, so once again, my head says Khabib, but my sauce, my sauce says McGregor is gonna give him the. The old Big Mac Bacon King to the Dome piece. That's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, Connor gets a great shot in the first round. Khabib never fully recovers, and he ends up getting TKO'd in the mid stages of the second round. You heard it here first. McGregor by TKO in the second round. You understand that? That's where the money's going. Plus 165. Let's go, McGregor. Let's get it going. Oh. <sighs> Got a little fired, got a little amped up there. Um, I'm probably gonna be wrong. That's probably not gonna happen. But it would be fucking great. So let's just let's hope that that happens. Um, all right, so that's cool. I'm sure there's gonna be some other uh, cool fights coming up with the UFC, no doubt. I'm not even sure who else is on that card. I don't know if they announced it yet. But uh, what has been announced, and I gotta tell you something right now. I I can I can fuck with Bellator. Bellator is starting to get it going. And I'm telling you people, don't sleep on them. They they legitimately... They, Bellator is stepping up. you got a lot of Bellator cards coming up in the next few months that got me fired up, and I'm sure they'd have you fired up. They have a good mix of, like, actual, legit top ten fighters in the world and a mix of legends that I grew up watching that I really care about. Um, for instance, right, the September 29th card... Bellator 206 is fucking stacked. It, it, it really is. I'm not even joking with you. It is stacked. Uh, you got 
Rory McDonald versus Gegard Mousasi for the welterweight championship of the world. This fight's interesting, man, because Rory McDonald, you know, he comes into Bellator, crazy hype. Everyone's fired up about him. He immediately lives up to it, right? He fights Paul Daly uh, right off the bat, who's KOing everybody in Bellator. He's destroying people, and it was just easy, man. Rory went right in. He touched him up on the feet just a little bit just to fucking let him know, and then he finished him with a choke pretty damn easily. Um, He went on then to fight Douglas Lima for the championship, and he won a split decision that was razor fucking thin, man. I mean, honestly, I had him losing that fight. So in my mind, he's the champ, but he's coming into this fight with something to prove because I'm telling you, that shit was close as all hell. Now, as for Masasi, he tore through the UFC. He was beating every number one contender that got in his way, but because he didn't have much of a personality, he is no Conor McGregor. Um, Dana White refused to give him a chance at the belt. It's pretty fucked up. I'm not going to lie to you. He certainly deserved a title shot. His contract ended up being like coming coming up, and he jumped ship, in my opinion, rightfully so, man. I, I think he made the right move. He's in Bellator. He's looking to grab the belt. Both these guys, Gegard Mousasi and Roy McDonald, they have great stand-up. Both guys are really good on the ground. This is a complete pick'em fight. Like, I I personally think I see it going the distance because they're both so good. Um, in the first couple rounds, I feel like they're going to be feeling each other out, and that's just going to be a complete war. I see Gegard Mousasi winning by a close decision. I would like to see a finish, but I don't think I'm going to. I I really don't. Um, it, it should be... I, there's no doubt in my mind, though, it's going to be a great fight. I just don't see either one of these guys finishing the other guy. But uh, you never know, man. It might happen. Um, now, as I said, on that same card, right, where you have that legitimate fight where you got two top five guys regardless of UFC or Bellator those two guys are top friggin talent and then on the same card you got Rampage, <laughs> Quentin Rampage Jackson versus Vandalay the Axe Murderer Silva four, yes I said four, as in they're gonna fight for a fourth time, yes it is ridiculous, no I'm not sick of it and I will tell you why <laughs> uh, first the first time these guys fought right, was in Pride very early in their careers Vandalay finished Rampage twice in brutal fashion. Just fucking brutal knees and just destroyed him. Um, Rampage went to the UFC, knocked out Liddell, became the champ, was dominating. Vandalay shortly after went to the UFC. He won a few fights. Rampage lost his title, so then they matched up again for the third time. They squared up. Rampage put him into shaky land with a highlight reel knockout for the friggin' ages. Um, they, now they're in Bellator And it only makes sense to see one last time Who's better I mean what can I say to you guys Nostalgia is a hell of a drug <laughs> Like the, It's not a fight that I ever thought That I would see again But it, well, Yeah nostalgia is a hell of a drug man I mean I want to see it Something about watching Rampage walk down with the chain and Vandalay, you know, curling his fucking wrists and freaking out. Like, I just, I want to see the fight. Um, and I think a couple of you people want to see it too. I, I mean, if that was the main event, I wouldn't be happy about it. But for that being a co-main event, 
That's fun. And you know, in all honesty, um, speaking of, of good fights on that card, it also has uh, Douglas Lima versus... Uh, I can't even fucking say his name. But you know what? He's really fucking good. I know that. I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> it's the opener of the welterweight Grand Prix. Uh, it's an amazing fight. Either guy, honestly, is deserving of a title shot. And... Uh, this dude is definitely deserving of me being able to pronounce his name. I, I'll say Korkashov. That's not what it is. But uh, he's fucking good. He's got a lot of good wins. And Bellator, in my opinion, has a great idea with these tournaments. Now, they're doing a welterweight Grand Prix now with these two guys starting it off, which is great, which is a really good idea. The, the heavyweight uh, tournament has been fucking awesome. I've loved watching every single one of these things. I'm sure the welterweight one's going to be great. It just makes more sense to me to have a tournament with the top guys and have them fight until there's a champ. Like, then you don't have to go through the ranking system of, well, this guy deserves this shot and this guy beat him, but he didn't beat him. Like, forget about the fucking rankings, dude. Like, now they all have equal opportunity, and I love it. I think it's fucking great. And that card is stacked, but... The next dude, Bellator. I'm telling you, don't sleep on them. The next two cards after that are fucking great too. Like they're great. You've got Ryan Bader versus Matt Mitrione at Mohegan Sun, and then the next night after that, you've got the American Gangster, Chael Sonnen, my boy, and the Last Emperor, Fedor Emelianenko. You want to talk about pick'em fights? Ryan Bader versus Matt Mitrione. That's exciting because. Bader, I would, back in the day, I would have told you, oh, Ryan Bader is going to have to go for the takedown and he's going to have to pound him out. See, when he, his last fight, he fought King Mo. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, Bader's going to lose this fight because I think Mo is better than him standing up. And I think that Mo can match his wrestling. So in my mind, King Mo was going to just fuck him up. Bader like knocked him out in 20 seconds and it was less maybe 14 seconds like literally they went to touch gloves Bader gave him a fucking jab he fell awkwardly backwards and then just couldn't recover as Bader just jumped on him and finished him it was unbelievable I was like what in the actual fuck so I mean in a fight like that you don't even know who the better man was or if the better man won or not but I mean Bader's been doing a lot better on his feet ever since he went to Bellator. He's kicked his ass into another gear, won the belt. Like he, uh, he's fight. He's trying to win the heavyweight championship, but he's already the light heavyweight champion in Bellator. So, I mean, but Mitrione is a lot bigger than him. He's taller. He has the reach. Mitrione is. I would say Mitrione is definitely a better striker than Ryan Bader. So in this fight, he's going to have to resort back to the wrestling taking him down, but Mitrion's no slouch. I mean, it took Roy Nelson um, a long time to be able to get Mitrion to the ground, and uh, Mitrion was touching him up on the feet real real good. I don't think Bader has the same chin as Roy Nelson, so I think if Mitrion hits him with the shots that he was hitting Nelson with, I think that Mitrion can finish Ryan Bader. Um... It's kind of a pick em fight, though, because I think Bader has the conditioning over him. Bader definitely has the strength to knock him out. I just don't see it happening. I really don't see Bader finishing Mitrion. 
I just don't see it. I could see Mitrione finishing him. I'm going to say that Mitrione wins by TKO in the third round. That's a fucking weird stat, but I really... I want to say Bader might get him down a little bit in the first, but then Mitrione gets up, starts giving him leg kicks, starts touching him up on the feet, and I think he just pounds and pounds and pounds him until the third round, and then, you know, Bader kind of just... I don't think Bader's going to get knocked out or anything. I think he's just going to kind of, like, cover up Turtle and take his beating. Um, then then we got Chael Sonnen versus Fedor. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen in that fight? I mean, honestly, the last two fights Chael had, I was like, he's probably going to lose. Like, when he fought Vandalay, I was like, yeah, he might win. He definitely would have beat him five years ago when they were supposed to fight, but now he's kind of old came off that loss to Tito Ortiz, which wasn't even a loss because Tito yelled tap, so fuck that guy. Uh, but he fights Vandalay. He pretty much dominates Vandalay the whole fight. Couldn't finish him, though. And uh, won by decision. Then he fought Rampage. I thought for sure Rampage was going to slap him into orbit. But Chael figured out a way to neutralize his stand-up. Chael stood up with him a lot more than I thought. And it was fucking great to see and he took him down at will now he now chills fighting a guy in fedor who there's no way that fedor is going to be harder to take down the rampage rampage outweighed chill by about 45 pounds in that fight so but Fedor's crafty as shit that's the thing like fedor could i could see this fight going either way man fedor could absolutely knock him out or it's god it literally it could go either way, man. Like, Fedor has the striking advantage. Chill has to get him down, which I think he can do, but Fedor's no slouch on the ground either, dude. I mean, Fedor could could wrap on a submission faster than you think, and it, this is a, it's, it's going to be exciting to watch, man. Because anytime Fedor makes that walk, you want to talk about nostalgia. That dude, it's just awesome to... To see the to hear the music and him come down and oh man, this, I I really can't wait for that fight. It's that's that I mean it's not two top five guys, but it's it's definitely fun to watch. They haven't uh, said any other fights that are going to come on with those cards. I believe it's October 11th and 12th for the Bader Mitrione and Chael Sonnen versus Fedor fights. I'm excited, man. I might uh, I might even go to Mohegan for the Bader one, and then I might drive a couple hours, go to New York for the Chael fight. I might put something up live, live from the events. I might do that. I might go all out. Who the hell knows? I might make myself a fake backstage pass and get myself in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, we talked some MMA. We talked to McGregor, Khabib. So I've got Connor. Just as a quick rundown, I've got Connor. TKO and Khabib in the second round. That is a bold ass prediction. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I've got Mitrione TKOing Bader in the third round, and then I have. <sighs> I'm gonna say Chill wins by decision. I hope. I am now that I'm thinking about it. I think. No, they're all three rounds. Bellator doesn't do the five-round uh, main events. Thank fucking God. Because if Chill had to go five rounds, I think he's going to get smoked. So I'm going to say Chill wins by decision. And those are my predictions. Now, 
I am going to watch this next Patriots preseason. I think you're going to get a weekly Patriots rant unless things start to change. Uh, I, I was a little bit annoyed that uh, the Patriots come off that horrible performance and then they get a day off after. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I, I really hope that Bill starts getting pissed off and he starts telling everybody to fucking figure it the hell out um just as a quick side note topic the Cincinnati Bengals are legitimately gonna be so good this year it's gonna blow people's minds I I'm I know people are gonna think I'm crazy but the quest for seven is happening they're going to win I I bet a stupid amount of money that they would win seven or more games that will easily happen I can see them winning 10 they're gonna be a wild card team and they're gonna be dangerous as fuck okay uh Andy Dalton didn't have an offensive line we lost Whitworth we lost two Zeitler we lost our like literally three of our top offensive linemen two of them went to the Rams and they resurrected Todd Gurley's career by the way and then one of them went to the Browns, and he's just in a cesspool of hell right now because he went to the fucking Browns. What a dummy. So, yeah. And by the way, stop. Everybody stop about the Browns, please. They're not, they're not, listen, they're on the rise, no doubt, but they're still the fucking Browns right now. They need to, they're going to win like four games. So just take it easy. Stop expecting them to win, go 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, I've heard that a lot. I've heard 8-8 eight eight a lot. It's not fucking feasible. You can't expect a team that's had one win in two years and be like, yeah, they're going to come out of the gates and go 8-8. Eight and eight. Just look, look for them to win five games. Like, set a realistic goal for these guys. Because I feel like right now, even if they won seven or they won six, people would still shit on them. And that would be insane if you shit on a team that had that much of a turnaround in one year. So that's all I'm saying about them. Bengals, though, the amount of weapons they have on offense is stupid. John Ross has looked so fucking amazing in camp. He looked good in the first preseason game. You got A.J. Green. You got John Ross on the other side of him, right? Tyler Boyd is finally coming into his own. We got him in the middle. We got Riddle LaFell. Auden Tate, he's six foot five. He's 230 pounds. He's a red zone fucking monster. He is now getting first team reps. He's making people learn. You got Tyler Eifert in an incentive-based contract. I say that again, an incentive-based contract, which means that he's not making shit for money unless he produces. That's a win-fucking-win for the Bengals. He's going to produce. Him and Auden Tate in the end zone, the red zone is going to be, oh my God, unbelievable. Joe Mixon showed up like 20 pounds less, packed on muscle, looks lean as all fuck. He had an amazing preseason game. You got Giovanni Bernard backing him up in the backfield. Child, please. The Bengals are going back to the playoffs. Y'all going to learn. Trust me. Trust you, boy. You're going to learn. Okay. That all right. I went on a little I'm sorry. I went on a little bit of a rant there with the Bengals, but I'm going to be talking about the Patriots, what's coming up for that. Uh the Celtics schedule came out, so I'm going to talk a little Celtics offseason, talk about Kyrie, whether he's going to stay with the Celtics or not. Uh Gordon Hayward's coming back. We're finally going to get a chance to see him. Um Bruins offseason, we're going to talk about that. I'm, there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about. I'm very excited for the future of this podcast. 
Um, so th- so for, ne- for now, anyway, thank you for listening. Big Mouth, Small Words, Sports Talk. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a good one.